Welcome to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to explore what's beneath the surface of all sorts of things, including your own life. Through conversation, stories, and education, you'll see what you couldn't see before, find new meaning in old events, and even discover a new sense of purpose out there in the world. Let's get started. In this episode, I read a blog post I wrote on May 1st, 2020. After being interviewed for the Moms Meet Sanity online campaign, the title of the post is The Evolving Relationship Between a Mother and Her Children. It was also five days before I left my hometown, not knowing COVID was just getting started and leaving my young adult children behind. They smiled as I drove away to start my new life in a beach town. They really were happy for me, but I think I was in shock because I had no idea what was next, except that I would be defending my dissertation two weeks after moving into my new place. I was overwhelmed. Lots of people were overwhelmed. And as I drove away from my smiling children, I stopped and asked them to take another photo looking sad at my departure. Enjoy my post. It's a little more meandering and chaotic than usual, which also reflects the overwhelming nature of my life experience during that time. I'm going to include a link to the original post, which includes a video of my chat with Moms Meet Sanity. I think you'll enjoy that conversation about parenting, too. Let's get started. Our starting point with our children is our own experience as a child. Whether you remember your childhood as joyful, mediocre, or traumatic, our deepest and most ingrained patterns of how we relate to others were established during this time. These patterns helped us survive childhood, and they often run their course at some point during our lives. They stop working. For some, starting a family is a choice that follows much reflection, and for others, it is sprung upon them without much notice. Even the most conscious person likely will end up being thrown for a loop during the parenting journey. Here's what I know for sure. No matter how conscious you are about your parenting, you're going to end up projecting your own shit onto your children. The very fact you have a goal for how you want your children to experience childhood is a projection. I knew that I wanted my children's experience of childhood to be better than mine. I knew enough to know that all I knew was my own experience and to prevent repeating it, I needed some kind of model. Books were my answer. What I didn't realize at the time though was how my perfection complex was at work, which of course was developed during my childhood as my personal survival mechanism. I was already projecting onto my children who weren't even born yet. I was searching for the right way to parent. The most impactful books I read as I was preparing to start a family were The Sacrificial Mother and The Good Enough Mother. Not only did I have my own shit to overcome, I had the noise of conflicting cultural messages from being assured I could do anything and everything to being selfish or even the devil in a family record for wanting independence and a meaningful career. Yikes, I absorbed all of that. When my children reached adulthood a couple years ago, I breathed a sigh of relief that I had indeed been a good enough mother. I made it, I told myself. It's as if I was holding my breath for the past two decades. Believe me, it did not go as well as my fantasy wanted it to go. There has been much suffering along the way that I never anticipated. My heart still aches when I think about it. 
and now they are on their own karmic journeys, which are none of my business. Hoping for their lives to go smoothly is simply a selfish wish so I don't have to feel badly as I watch them grow as human beings. Our children do not belong to us. I think because I didn't trust myself, I was open to the spiritual idea that our children are not our property, nor do they belong to us. Children are creations of the universe, God, the divine, the quantum realm, nature, whatever, however you want to think about it. They are placed in our care for the purpose of preparing them for their own unique journey. This means we must accept them in whatever form they appear, and right there that can be a challenge. Sometimes the form in which they appear is meant to challenge us. I knew my son was not usual when he was about three weeks old. My daughter never wanted me to stop rocking her, but my son, he wiggled and wiggled until I put him in his crib. Then he rolled over, sighed, and went to sleep. He would go on to challenge our ideas of what is usual and what is not usual, and his not being usual would cause much suffering for him throughout his school years. So, because I didn't trust myself, after I worked through that What to Expect book, I searched for some kind of parenting framework, and I came upon another book, Smart Love. It was a parenting philosophy based on child development. I remember cringing at how many times a child hears the word no or don't in a single day. I remember learning how to harness my children's sense of curiosity through redirection. I recall having my mind blown when I began to understand that when my two-year-old daughter kept throwing her sippy cup onto the floor right in front of my face, and after I kept giving it back to her, that she was discovering that she was separate from me, that she had a different idea about things than I did. She was developing her own ego. So, as I watched other parents scold their two-year-olds for pushing the buttons on the TV, I became curious about the purpose of the natural behaviors of children. This approach, of course, was more work than the knee-jerk reactions we got from our parents, and boy, the grandparents' judgments sure did show up as we explored and developed our own parenting philosophy. I didn't get a lot of affirmation from others of my new parenting perspective, but sometimes I did. On the other hand, I also developed an unhealthy kind of patience to compensate for the lack of patience I experienced in childhood. My mother-in-law's repeated observation that I was really patient felt part compliment and part judgment. My daughter's kindergarten teacher called me one day and told me that my daughter was telling another girl to break her pencil. One voice in my head wondered why another kid would listen to her, and the other realized she was trying to influence someone else. I suggested to her teacher that she see her behavior as an attempt to be some kind of leader and give her opportunities to influence others in a positive way. Three weeks later, the teacher called me and said, boy, you really know your daughter. It worked. Her third grade teacher, however, was a different matter. My daughter had a stomachache every morning before she went to school, and she cried every night at bedtime. When I went to see her teacher, she condescendingly stated, I hear you give your children a lot of positive reinforcement. I hope they know who is boss at home. I was so taken aback, I couldn't even respond to the scolding authority figure. I would go on to feel the need to advocate, especially for my son, who did not seem to fit into the traditional approach used in two wealthy school districts who prided themselves on meeting their students' needs. That's another story. My point in sharing this is that our children are born to live out their own unique experience of being human, and I believe it is a blessing to be entrusted with the responsibility 
of providing the acceptance and love that will give them the sense of self-worth needed to fulfill their journey, whether it conforms to someone else's ideas or not. Conscious parenting. The shit would hit the fan when my children were about 13 and 15. My childhood complexes of perfection, patience, and attempts at managing the emotions of others all unraveled in a very dramatic way. The unraveling of my marriage luckily coincided with a kind of synchronistic call to study depth psychology. Intellectual concepts came to life dramatically as I was forced to come to terms with my biggest projection of all having to do with how I wanted my children to experience childhood. They say that during times of stress, our most dysfunctional patterns of reacting come right up to the surface, often with the force of a volcanic eruption. During these moments, we are so sure we're right. We're in the grip of a complex, and it is only after much reflection that we can see the truth of the situation. Often the truth has nothing to do with the incident that triggered the eruption. Instead, the incident brings back or resembles something from way back in our childhood. It feels threatening. We feel vulnerable, like a helpless child. Sometimes the other person, sometimes your own child, just looks at you like you're crazy because in that moment, you kind of are crazy. As I was feeling the stress of a marriage falling apart and the added complication of addiction suffered by my husband, I think I just couldn't hold myself together any longer. During my own childhood, I was not allowed to have negative emotions or to express them. Rather, I played the role of proving to my mother that she was a better mother than her own mother without even knowing this. How did my mother know if she was a better mother than her mother? Well, by my behavior. When my behavior was not good, it was internalized by her as her failing at parenting. And that was a big burden for me to carry as a child. So I became super good at hiding from my own emotions and at developing this superhero sense of patience with my own children. And then I just couldn't do it anymore. Once that broke down, I began exploding over small incidents. One day it just became so clear and suddenly I felt this intense heartache. I think part of my explosion was the release of emotions that I should have been able to express as a child. Now it was as if I was at the level of my children. More accurately, my emotions were more like that of a five-year-old. Because I had not been able to freely express negative emotions as a child, I was super committed to the idea that my children be able to express and process their own emotions, no matter what they were. Eventually, this was going to catch up with me because every good thing has a dark side. I started doing two things that caused me to evolve. The first thing I did was create space for me to express anger and resentment much of which was very old and hiding out in my unconscious and even in my body. But because my ego was so good at denying and hiding my anger, I learned to see what became obvious signals that something needed to come out and be expressed. The second thing I did was learn to apologize to my children for my part in those explosive interactions. I would wait a few hours and say something like, babe, I want to say sorry for my anger in that interaction. That thing you did wasn't what caused me to get angry and yell. That thing just triggered something in me that happened a very long time ago. I'm sorry. That thing you did still was annoying and we need to talk about it, but my anger wasn't appropriate. Now, this was not easy to learn because it requires admitting as parents we make mistakes. It requires great humility to tell your teenager you were wrong. 
The thing they did might still have been wrong or annoying, but if our response was disproportionately emotional, then it was not about that thing they did. It was about us. I started looking at things our children do that don't please us as just things, things that just happen. I see this as data points. They're neutral, natural behavior, even if it's not acceptable. And when I looked at it this way, it became less personal and I became more clear-headed. Before I was making it all about me, I wasn't even helping my children learn a lesson. I shared with my children that I needed to express my own anger sometimes. I would do this by walking around the house yelling, I'm so angry right now. It felt silly, but it actually worked. I'm still good at hiding from my anger, but the universe will help me out just in time. One day I was trying to adjust the fancy wooden blinds on my living room windows. The pull string wasn't working and suddenly, one by one, the individual fancy wooden slats fell onto the floor. It was as if this acted as a match thrown on a pile of dry straw. I felt the heat welling up inside me. I cried. My son was behind me and I think he could feel it. He tried to help me and I couldn't even deal with it. I told him that I had to be angry but not at him, that I needed to just be angry. So I screamed and walked around yelling, I'm so fucking angry. My son was starting to understand, but also thought I was a little crazy. I share these personal stories as examples of what it feels like to begin to have more consciousness around our responses to our children's behaviors, especially when they do not conform to our own limiting notions of what is proper or appropriate. We get the children who are meant to make us grow. I really do believe that the situations we are living through, the people we fall in love with or are attracted to, and the children we are presented with are meant to help us grow. We either learn the lessons or we don't. I don't like conflict, although I've become a master at crucial conversations in my professional life. My heart also hurts when my own behavior ends up hurting someone else. As a child, I had to constantly adapt to whatever emotions my mother was feeling without having the right to have my own. The good thing is that I'm good at managing my emotions. The bad thing is I'm too good at managing my emotions. I am still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be learning from a dynamic that now seems to be a stubborn part of the relationship among my daughter, son, and me. The stress and fear related to addiction is always right below the surface. The three of us one day realize that the stress gets expressed very explosively via awful fights between brother and sister where mom attempts to play the role of mediator, which ends up escalating the negative emotions. Not one single time have I been successful playing the role I seem to feel required to play. Further, my son sees my attempts to diffuse the situation as manipulative. I end up feeling like a helpless child. My children during the time I wrote this were 21 and 19. Now they're about to turn 23 and 25. And they're in college and functioning like normal young adults who also happen to be very kind human beings. But there's the suffering underneath the surface. I am beginning to see that it is not my job, that I can be released from what feels like a burden to manage their emotions or tell them how to manage their emotions. Apparently, I have carried my burden forward for proving my mother was a better mother than her mother. I haven't quite gotten down to the bottom of it yet, but I know this dynamic is meant to teach me something about myself. From parent to parent slash friend or fellow human being. 
The awesome thing about becoming more conscious about your own shit is that your relationship with your children begins to evolve into a friendship of sorts. You can watch them approach the world in a different way than you and not personalize it as a rejection of your parenting. It's just the way they're meant to show up in the world. Their different approach prompts you to question why you're so attached to your way of doing things. You also begin to see that their lives are none of your concern, that your over-concern is just a way for you to avoid doing the work that you need to do on yourself to grow. That's what's going on for me right now. I very easily feel pulled back into some kind of savior role. Yikes, it's not only familiar, but it fills some kind of need. It's very complex, of course. It was exhausting to allow myself to get pulled back into a conflict, but it was so automatic like I had no choice. I think it's one reason I feel the need to pick up and move out of state and fulfill my dream of living in a beach town and now publishing a memoir and writing a screenplay. I need to be released, and I think my children need to be released from me, from this dynamic. I didn't feel released from my mother's need to look to me for validation as a parent until she died. When I learned to look at my children's behaviors and even mistakes as just things, data points, I became more curious than judgmental. They began sharing almost everything with me, things they said their friends would never share with their parents. We had engaged and followed conversations about weed, sex, drinking, relationships. Today, we have juicy conversations about science, spirituality, the environment, presidential candidates. The only time I try to influence their opinions is if I feel they're intolerant or unkind. But it's time for me to get on with the rest of my life and let them get on with theirs without my interference. Just support. I'd love to hear your stories about moments of consciousness about your parenting. Feel free to share here or shoot me an email at dlukovich at gmail.com and visit deboralukovich.com for information about my services. I hope you enjoyed my reading of this blog post. It felt like a trip down memory lane for me. That was three and a half years ago, and the time between then and now has been a whole other adventure. The link to the original blog post, along with my interview with Mom's Meet Sanity, is in the description box. If you're interested in more of my reflections and amusing midlife stories, subscribe to my website and then visit my blog. Also, if you enjoy Dose of Depth podcast, would you consider supporting my work with a monthly donation of $5? I'm on a mission to grow a movement of self-reflecting humans, and I'd like to spend more time making more free content, which requires freeing up my schedule a little bit and seeing fewer clients. Your small monthly donation helps me do that. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.